Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast that brings you the best and the brightest in the world of startups and innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger, founder of InsideOutside.io, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that help innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat to the latest thinking, tools, tactics, and trends in collaborative innovation. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger. And as usual, we have another amazing guest. Today, we have somebody coming all the way from the north side of the planet, from Toronto. Our guest is Sean Moffat. Sean is Managing Director of Wikibrands and author of the book, Wikibrands, How to Reinvent Your Business in a Customer-Connected Marketplace. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks, Brian. We all know innovation happens from the polls, don't we? Exactly. Well, innovation happens everywhere. As people know, I'm based in Lincoln, Nebraska. So if innovation can happen here, it can happen anywhere. Yeah, good point. So we met a couple of years ago when the book came out, uh, Wikibrands. You had actually come down to Nebraska to talk to some students and some other folks in the backyard here. And I've always been intrigued by the work that you've done. For the audience that may not be familiar with, with you or your background in that, why don't we start off that way? Talk a little bit about who you are and how did you get into this innovation space? I mean, really, I'm a recovering CMO. I spent a number of years in corporate life, 10 to 15 years, and then kind of just realized one day, it's like, damn, you know what? I really don't like large companies, and I really don't like working on brands and corporations. Like, it felt too small box for me. So for those two reasons, I started up something called Wikibrands. It turned into a book, and it turned into a consultancy. And really, over the years, it's gone from my roots, which is much more brand and customer focused, to bolting on four or five different pieces of what I call the transformation arsenal, culture and talent, innovation, and kind of future proofing, technology and digital, and just good leadership and pivoting business models, that type of good stuff. I'd like to consider myself now the Swiss Army knife of innovation and transformation. Well, I think that's why a lot of the stuff that you've written about has kind of resonated with myself. It's the focus on the customer, the focus on digital community. A lot of these trends that we've seen for the last eight, 10 years starting to come together are now really ratcheting up. So I'm interested to talk a little bit about what are some of the things that you've seen that are really changing the corporate landscape now and what's kind of scaring folks out there to take on some of these new trends? If I was to boil everything that I've looked at over the last six months and I've really intensified my focus on trying to figure out what's going on out there pragmatically, you know, certainly one of them is the speed at which things are happening. You know, it used to be the past was a really good predictor of the future. That's no longer true because even if that is true, the future is happening just so much more quicker than it used to. I looked at 50 different things that were changing in the marketplace, not necessarily technology, which really changes quickly, but things that, you know, some level of people were involved in. And I think I can make a fairly credible argument now that things are changing about seven times faster than they were, let's call it 20, 25 years ago. And so it's really, really tough as a large company to pivot as fast as the marketplace and consumer now when it's going that quickly. So I think that's one thing. And I think the other thing is you're obviously very cognizant and work with a lot of startups and scale-ups, you know, startups and scale-ups were really, really tough to build 20, 25 years ago. There were so many things set against you in terms of market forces, in terms of technology. That's no longer true. And if you actually look at the innovation space writ large, I just looked at searches, startup innovation versus corporate innovation. Mm -hmm. Just this year, there's more stuff being put out being called startup innovation versus corporate innovation. So certainly 
it's become a magnet for where people's interest lies if they become change motivated. So I don't have a horse in this race. I don't care one or the other, but I do think that corporate innovation certainly needs to have a wake-up call in terms of how it's practicing itself. Yeah, I think more and more startups, they're getting to, they're finding their business model quicker, faster, and they're actually then in and of themselves moved beyond the search phase to that scale phase, and they face the same challenges as they were trying to disrupt when they were a startup. So it's interesting to see how the back and forth and the collaborative space are happening in be- between startups and corporates. If you're, you know, what we call a unicorn, I hate that word, but if you right. call what a unicorn is nowadays, you know, it takes about three, four, maybe five years for a unicorn to actually happen. That's crazy in any way, shape or form. And certainly, you know, you asked about, is there anything that people are fearing or feeling threatened by? I think there's part of the corporate landscape that I think is just throwing up their hands and saying, ah, we just can't compete. So we're right. going to do what we can in the space that we have, and we'll see how long that lasts, which I think is, you know, certainly a, a recipe for failure, but it's also just from a cultural standpoint, I've worked in companies that are both winning and losing. It's so much harder getting up in the morning and actually working in a culture that just feels like you're losing every day. So a couple of different reasons I've invested myself in the space of how do we take the unfair advantages that corporates have and leverage them? And similarly, how do they take a page out of the startup playbook and figure out how they can do their work better every day. Yeah, it does seem the success comes down to culture. It's not just the technology. And you know, you, you can name probably 30, 40, 50 technologies out there that in and of themselves, any one of them could be game changers, and yet they're all hitting at once. And so you have that particular type of pressure, but it, without the right culture around it to actually do something about it, you, know, you can be overwhelmed pretty quickly. So interesting. Even when I talk to the hardcore technology, what I'll call nerds, I was delivering a presentation in India last month with a whole bunch of CIOs. And there was pretty much accepted recognition that culture, each strategy, innovation, and technology for breakfast, six out of the seven days of the week. It is interesting. If it was just a technology thing, we would probably have the speed of disruption happening even quicker. So this messy thing called people that becomes <laughs> part of the challenge in terms of leading any of this stuff. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is I know that you're going to dig into this idea of corporate innovation and some of the trends that you're seeing out there with a new research study. And I saw that you were actively looking for participants and information and feedback on these particular topics. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you're trying to do with this research project and let's see if we can get some help on the way. Appreciate the ask to be on and being able to make people aware of this. So a little bit of background, we do about six or seven different marketplace insight and foresight studies every year. Certainly our interest this year is being captivated by this difference between how startups approach things, how scale-ups approach things, and how corporates approach things. We've already got startup research back. We will have scale-up research. So those companies that are probably between 15 to 500 people and maybe having 7 million in revenue plus but aren't quite corporates yet. And then on this piece of research, the corporate innovation playbook, we wanted to look at pragmatically how are corporates innovating and not necessarily produce another elegant model and how to look at things. Cause I think there's many good competing ones out there, but really, I guess one of our members that has helped us pull together the research summarized it. Well, we want to look at innovation in the wild mm-hmm. and actually observe it and see how it's working and see what contributors are causing the best companies to actually produce good results. Obviously, you're looking at a lot of different aspects. What are some of the early hypotheses or some of the things that you think might be found or things you'd like to discover along the way? 
I think one of them right out of the outset, and it's the first thing we ask in our interviews, it's the first thing that we ask in our survey is, how do you define innovation? Because the word innovation is almost like the word love. There's so many different connotations, you know, whether it's you're using Horizons language and it's Horizon 123, if it's incremental adjacent uh, breakthrough. So certainly our hypothesis coming in is when somebody says innovation, I don't think there's a recognized interpretation of what that means at the executive table or not. And certainly one of our other hypotheses is, I think based on that confusion, there's probably not as much focus being applied in a corporate universe to breakthrough innovation, which, which truly I think has sustainability. A lot of people are doing a lot of hard work, but they're probably trying to come out with that next flavor of something or that slightly tweaked thing and certainly aren't getting to any kind of what I would call more breakthrough or disruptive forms of innovation. We're actually looking at as well business models. We're looking at what are the most promising business models of the future. It's funny on our website, wiki-brands.com. We've actually introduced a game where we've melded together March Madness. So one of those brackets from March Madness tournaments. Yep. I'm not too sure how Nebraska does. I guess you guys do better in football than basketball. We have a pretty good team uh, this year. <laughs> we'll see if we get to the tournament. <laughs> we just got what we think are the 32 most competitive business models of the future. And we've put them into different brackets and I'm kind of curious to see as an adjunct where people land on in terms of what they think the most promising business models are. So we've asked corporates the same thing as well. I think the last thing is, you know, we're looking at all the different schools of thought, all the different approaches to market. There seems to be an ever splintering amount of different models people are looking at, design and agile, and we've listed about 10 or 12 of the other big ones. And as well, just different types of modes of practice, whether it's you want to start up your own incubator, you want to set up a spinoff operation, you want to do a JV, there's probably twice as many options as there were a decade ago in terms of just viable ways to get into innovation. And we're trying to triangulate who's the most successful based on what type of approach and what type of school of thought. So that'll hopefully be one of our results coming out of our research. Well, I can't wait to find out more. And I know our audience is looking into it as well. If they want to find out a little bit more about the study or about Wikibrands or yourself, what's the best way to do that? One is just our website, wiki. W-I-K-I-Brands.com. The survey is so important to us. We've listed it right at the top of the page, but I'm sure if you go into research or initiatives as well, you'll find some stuff there. And if you jump on social media, we're using the hashtag corporate innovation playbook. So if you type that into Twitter or Instagram, you'll probably come up with something as well. It's an open survey, although candidly, we don't want a representative population. We want the people that are truly interested and probably live, breathe, and sleep innovation to take the survey. We think there's probably more insight and certainly foresight to be won from people that really know their stuff versus people that may be having a passing fancy or curiosity with the space. Absolutely. It seems to me like the more you are actually in the trenches, the more you learn and quickly find out that you're wrong a lot of the times and have to keep going back and trying new things. And that's all about innovation. So Appreciate I'm a total there. fan of collaborative thought, right? I know it usually takes you longer. I would say I could have done this research and got it out two months earlier. But what we've produced as a battery of 50 questions that we're trying to answer and the commitment level of nine other really, really smart people that were involved in the uh, foundational roots of the survey, we came up with something that was at least twice, maybe three times better than if I just came up with it myself. Well, Sean, I look forward to having you back on the podcast when the research comes through and we can talk a little bit more 
in detail about what you find out, but thank you for being on the Inside Outside Innovation Podcast and I look forward to staying connected. Thanks for having me, Brian. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Artinger. Until next time, go out and innovate.